Welcome to the You Have a Body podcast. Two broads talking broadly about health. The physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual, and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to You Have a Body Podcast, episode 55. 55. 55. This episode is about us. <laughs> because you asked. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. This episode is about being a health and wellness professional. And the reason we're doing it is because someone asked us, what the heck is it like to be a health and wellness professional? And how do you keep yourself sane? How do you keep your boundaries? And how do you still enjoy doing that right. while making it your job? Yeah. And that's something we can talk about real easily. <laughs> no research needed. Definitely something that's been on my mind before and presently and currently. Yeah, and futurely <laughs> and probably futurely, as well. Always. But before we dive in, let's just check in because I don't know if you can tell, but Lucia and I are in studio. We're in the same building. Ooh, she, in I fact, just, she just kicked me. I just kicked her just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the same room in Minneapolis. We are. Recording live. It's the first time in a month. I know. So sad. But not the last time. Not the last time. We're going to do that many more times before she's gone to Utah. We have like two months, two and a half months left. (laughs) So you better enjoy those episodes, everybody. That's like (laughs) 10 episodes. Ah. Um, So how was, I mean, obviously, Utah must have been great. Utah was wonderful. And actually, I... I was in Utah for pretty much like three weeks in July, and then the last week I was up at my family cabin. Nice. Um, which is up north. Technically in Canada, it's like a half a mile over the border. But you still got to cross the border. Still got to cross the border. Had do you a, have to bring your passport? Uh, you do. Whoa. I applied for a remote border crossing permit, RABC, earlier last year. It's like 30 bucks, So I could just drive over it without having to go through like the actual border because that just adds on a lot of drive time. Yeah. And it was great. Um, it was really, it wasn't very hot. What is up with the Minnesota summer this year? Well, you were in Canada, first of all. Well, let me just point that out. First of all, but like they get more extreme the further you Mm -hmm. get up north. It's like hotter, hotter summers and colder winters. I'm just going to say I've enjoyed it. I'm a fall person myself. So I've really enjoyed like wearing a sweatshirt and shorts. That's my favorite outfit. (laughs) (laughs) That's like such a, that's such a Midwestern girl outfit. Yeah. Is us. Sweatshirt, shorts, and sandals. Yep. There's and nothing like, wrong with what that. What are you wearing? Like, you could never get away with that in another state. It's a good thing you're here. Yeah. Good thing we're in the <laughs> North. Everyone wears that outfit. It's a yeah. uniform of being a Midwestern girl. It is. And you've nailed a rocket for pretty much the whole summer. Yep. Yeah. And pretty much my whole life leading up to this. <laughs> you could rock it anytime. I'm rocking it right now. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I'm it wearing is. a long sleeve and shorts. <laughs> but I'm wearing tennis shoes. Yeah. I or as them. my mom says, Tennis shoes. Oh, really? You say tennies. Yeah. Tennies. What is that? That's another thing you don't hear other places. All the abreaves. Well, I used to say tennies to people who, like, I met, when I went to do my, um, when I was in Teach for America and we did our training, we went out to L.A., and I said this, I said tennies to someone, and they were like, what are you saying? <laughs> say that again. Tennies. Aww. Like, tennies, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> So I guess not everybody says tennies or PJs. Nope, or pop. Or jammies. Or ja- jammies is great. Mm-hmm. Jammies is like, 
or grew up with that. Yeah. No one says bubbler. No. Except for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yep. So yeah, that was my week. How was yours? It's um, fringe. Yeah, it's Fringe Festival, which if you haven't participated in the Fringe Festival by being just an observer or, or an actual actor, you know, it's you should do it at some point. It is people get real serious about it. I'm in a show with, you know, with Taj who's one of the producers and our friend Lizzie and our friend Justin is the pianist and we do an improvised musical and it's super fun. And like the first night, it was, I mean, the first day we did it, we got only positive reviews. And now we're still getting positive reviews, but like the longer the fringe goes on, the more people see like 25 shows, <laughs> the more likely they are to nitpick the weirdest stuff. Like, oh, it's just the weirdest things. And, and you know, you can't read that stuff, it's, but you do anyway. Yeah. Never read the comments, but there's that little part of you that always reads the comments. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Especially because they started off so positive and they're still, they're still positive. It's just that they're. <laughs> More picky. They're tinged (laughs) by, like, the pickiness. A little hue. Yeah, and by the comparison and all that. So it's going great. Uh, Otherwise, the shows are really good. We have two more left. Awesome. So by the time you hear this podcast, it will be over. It will be over. And hopefully you went to some shows. Maybe you went to mine. And if you didn't. (gasps) That's okay. You have next year, I'm sure. Yeah, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Get out. If you didn't didn't go, just get out. (laughs) Or if you really want to get a true Fringe Festival experience, fly to Edinburgh in Scotland. That's uh, where it originated. The oh. Edinburgh Fringe is the place to be. Have you been? I did go when yeah. I lived there. Yeah. I I didn't get – I mean, I was really broke, so I didn't really have much of a chance to go, but I did see, like, one play. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. But, like, 20,000 people descend on the city during oh my the gosh. Edinburgh Fringe. Dang. Pretty Can crazy. Can Edinburgh handle that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can. It's a. It's a. Okay. There's lots. There's lots of students in the city, and so they leave for the summer. A lot of them. Okay. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of available housing then. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I saw maybe it was you that I saw writing about this, but the Airbnb rates for the Super Bowl when yes. it's going to be here seems very <laughs> enticing. Yeah, my house is up to twelve hundred a night. That's insane. So, the, and that's what the smart pricing pricing app on. So I didn't choose that. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Of course, I haven't gotten it booked yet because no one knows who the teams are going to be. Well, maybe someone does. I don't know. <laughs> do you guys know? No. We don't know yet, do we? No. Um, so no one knows who the teams are going to be. But as soon as they discover, like, who the teams are going to be, then people are going to start booking. And I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that someone books my place for the whole 10 days that it's available. And I'm hoping that it's like a family of team, a team member, because a lot of the te- like team members will actually pay for their families to come, like a whole bunch of people to sure. come. Um, and that would be great, because if it was like a family with like parents and kids, <laughs> maybe then I would be really comfortable renting it out. But not rowdy. I mean, I I'm, for twelve hundred dollars a night, I'm not going to be too picky, and mm-hmm. I'll just pay for the damages later, I guess, or pay for a maid to come and clean it up. Yeah, that might be a nice way to. Split it. Yeah. Because professional clean down. (laughs) I would love to have $10,000. Um, yeah. That'd be great. For just like a room, like an upper level. No, they take the whole house. Oh, the whole house. The whole house. Yeah. We, we're not just renting out our room during that time because I was going to say that's want to make deep. Yeah. No, I want to make more. Although for one room, it's still up to like 650. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So if nobody rents the house, then maybe we'll put the room up. But right now, no. Right, it's compared to like the fact that right now it's like our room's fifty bucks a yeah, night. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
twelve hundred is pretty enticing. Airbnb. Yeah. Spectacular. They should sponsor us. <laughs> hey, you want to Airbnb? You're doing anything better with your time? Hello? 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 Are you there? Hello? <laughs> Airbnb? Uh yeah, we can't get Blue Apron to do it anymore now that they like yeah, no. cut twenty five percent of their employees. Yeah, no. Anyway, let's talk about being <laughs> a health and wellness professional. Where do we start? I don't er, you know. know, our friend Erica asked a question of us, and basically what she asked was, "How do you do this and still manage your own health? And what's it like to have to like live in that world? How do you separate yourself from it?" Mm-hmm. Short answer is, it's impossible. It's really tough. <laughs> it's not impossible. It's just very hard to it's do. It's tough. You have to be thoughtful and considerate about it. It's yeah. not just going to come naturally. Yeah, especially working as small business owners and brand owners like mm-hmm. we do. There is a lot of complication that comes with that and a lot of requirement on you that you don't expect from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have plethora of experience <laughs> about that. So we also decided to, at least for us, to help conceptualize how we wanted to talk about this. We kind of we made two categories. So some of the best things about being in the situations that we're in and then some of the more challenging things as well yeah should we start with the best or the worst or go back and forth i think we well mm, listeners um let's do let's start with the best thing okay let's start with the best we'll start this episode off on a positive note well and even the challenging things i don't think they're necessarily negatives no No, they're just hard sometimes They're, they're a little more tough yeah yep uh okay i'll start okay well for me i think the most I don't know, my my most positive thing about being a coach, not even just being a gym owner, but being a coach, is watching people have transformations. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Yeah, that's and one I, of my top ones. Yeah, and I don't mean physical transformations. That, to me, is not that important. It's cool to see somebody uh, come in and lose weight or to gain actual visible muscle or, you know, whatever it is. But for me, the most... The most rewarding thing is watching people have mental and emotional transformations through their physical stuff. Yep. So, you know, I'll see athletes who come in and they have, they're really apologetic and really fearful and maybe are saying things to me right off the bat like, uh, well, just so you know, I'm really out of shape. Or I'm worried that I'm going to be the last one in class. Or um, they start class and they're like, don't look at me. Or you guys can move on without me. Or no, you don't have to wait for me to finish. Those types of, mm-hmm. of things. And watching those people become like certified badasses <laughs> where they're throwing weights on the ground and, you know, adding weight to the bar or beating their old time or like grunting or yelling or um, just like pushing themselves. That's the transformation I'm, that I'm looking for and that I'm always so excited to see. Right. Like I don't, the outcome is not that important. No. It's, it's more about the approach. Right. And the tr- it's transforming people's approach to their own health. That That's what makes me feel the most alive. For sure. And, I, well, like, 100%, that's pretty much exactly what I had for, like, the top of the best things is the fact that you get to, we, you or anyone who's in this position, you get to be, you're not telling people what to do, really. You're supporting them to have them go figure out what makes them feel like they're rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. Whether that's from a fitness perspective or from like a food perspective. The cool thing is they can learn it in any one 
area of their life and it's always going to bleed over and trickle over into other areas whether they know it or not it's going to you probably agree with me on this but I feel like for me I discovered in the last few years of doing this that my I think I was born to do this role to be a coach in some way or to be a facilitator of other people's self-improvement and it just happens to be that fitness is the world I'm in like it just happens to be that like a series of coincidences led me to be um, interested in and you know becoming an expert in fitness and that's the one the one thing I am using to help facilitate this change for people but I I think it could have come in any package it's just the circumstance that I ended up in Mm -hmm. like I was a teacher before this so it came in a different package then I was helping kids transform their lives through education specifically through science education and then it just happened to be that it's fitness but for me it also can be improv it can sometimes be food sometimes it can just be um like you know working with someone on mindset yeah how you approach your own life Mm -hmm. but I think it could have been anything yep definitely there's I think some people are just born to do that kind of work and I'm I think we're both born to do it. And I think it can also come from a history of whatever you've experienced. Like for me, the whole reason I wanted to help other people learn and think about foods in new frameworks and new ways is because no one was really there doing that for me. And I felt sick and I had to figure it out. And all that, and I think that's like my blurb on the website and like about me, about Lucia. It's like, oh, all this stuff is simple stuff. And, like, culture makes it so scary and so overwhelming. And, like, we can't trust our own bodies. We have to trust a doctor. And if you have a good doctor, you should definitely trust that doctor. But it's so disempowering. So, totally, it could be food. It could be mindset. And, again, there's trickle over with all of that. Yeah. Mindset, you can't, you can't take away being a badass in the gym from understanding that you have control over what you're thinking and how you're moving your body. Right. It's all connected. Yep. Yeah, and I, for me, coming from being a competitive athlete, but also being the kind of athlete who was never naturally good, I've never been naturally good at sports. I just wasn't. Like, I'm a tank, and so when I was a kid, I was a tank. I was able to, like, tackle kids on the, you know, on the soccer field, <laughs> but I wasn't necessarily a good shooter or good at dribbling or anything like that, but I was a hard worker, and I would just put in the time. Like, I would always show up early before school to do softball practice with my coach. I would pitch, take extra time, hire extra coaches, work extra hard, and never really achieved, like, a, a lot of glory from that. Mm-hmm. So I think for for me, the coaching aspect that I – the transformation aspect that I most look for is for people to understand that it's not just about the outcome, that the work that you put in is what you're doing. That's what you're doing every day mm-hmm. is putting in the work. If you can't enjoy the work, then the outcome is going to be meaningless anyway. Yep. And I never really had the outcome. Yeah. Just the work all the time. <laughs> so, like, I got to make people enjoy the work, which means to making it fun, making it appealing, making it um, – sometimes making it glorious. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just making it, like, raw grunt work just to, to get by for the day. Right. Or safe or accommodating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And I think that – again flips over for food and nutrition is taking away that diet mentality if even if someone is technically putting themselves on a diet which is guess what what everyone does in essential you one-on-one and two-on-one you're putting yourself on a diet you're changing the foods that you're consuming on a daily basis and there's a like a structure around which foods you're bringing in but you're doing it not out of guilt or shame ideally right or that's what like the process that we're working on you're doing it out of exploration and 
recognizing that you have that control so you can make whatever choice you want it's exactly how i feel about fitness it's (sighs) like so often i think people use fitness as a form of punishment oh yeah (laughs) um they think well yesterday i had a something bad and had cheesecake from the cheesecake factory so i'm gonna make sure i run two extra miles on the treadmill today and i'm just using this as a constant cycle of draining my body mm-hmm. of calories so that I can refill it with some calories. Right. Uh, and if I can get anyone to rethink that mindset, to change it, to be more about using fitness as a way to have self-control, to have self-esteem, to have um, excitement in your day, to have some feeling of like capacity, mm-hmm. then that that's the, the thing that drives me. That's the best. Yeah. That's the That's best. the reason you continue to start over and over and over again with clients because, yep. you know, you don't think about this as, as athletes. Um, if you're listening and you have worked with us before, you you know, your story, when you came to each of us, that story wasn't new to us, even though it's new to you to come to us. But it feels exciting for us each time because we don't mind starting that journey over again because we know the rewarding part is watching you transform mm-hmm. in this mental and emotional way. Yep. That's my number one. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Should we just end the podcast here? <laughs> Done. We love you. Just kidding. <laughs> um, the What's second, your number two? Well, the number two for me, and this is kind of more from like a, like a, like a development of programs or um, how to offer like the information that's in my brain. It's understanding that the sky's the limit on what you create. And I think that's a double-edged sword. So that's actually my number two for the best things and the most challenging things. Mm. Because you can literally make anything you want to help anyone in any way that you want at any time for as much time as you want. Yeah. I have that on my list, too. I I just wrote it as the hustle. The hustle. Yep. It's both amazing and exhausting. Mm -hmm. Because at any point, you're right. I could decide, okay, tomorrow I'm going to offer this certain type of programming, which means I have to write the programming and then attempt to sell the programming. And that's cool because it gives me an outlet and maybe I've learned something new that I'm excited to share or this feels like a new venue to share it. But it also means that now I've added X amount of hours to my work schedule. Mm -hmm. And I've probably sacrificed some personal things for that. Yep. Um, Maybe I've sacrificed something else in my work life, but more than likely I've just added to my load. And it might not work. Right. And as like being a small business owner, it's on you to juggle how that fits in versus, you know, having a higher up or having this corporate structure that will take away one task, uh, task or duty and will add in another one and can, you know, can offset onto someone else. That can happen here, sure, but it's going to be different. Yeah. Yes. It can be exhausting that way. And that's why it's on the challenge list but also it is on my top list because oh because it's the most rewarding yes yeah and and it also fuels me when I wake up and I think like I get to invent my day I get to create my day yeah and if I don't do it if I don't follow through on something I'm the only one in the end who loses out like my clients might lose out but I'm the one who's who really like suffers the consequences mm-hmm. and that is very motivating for me and I think what's amazing is that you don't because it's something that you're setting up and creating yourself, you don't have to get stuck in, per se, that like hamster wheel of frustration where someone is telling you to do this, telling you to do that. Even if it doesn't work out, all right, 
you can change it, you can morph it, you can learn from that experience and take it in stride. Yeah, and sometimes Even, actually those things not working out end up leading to something much better. Right, and that's how it's how you learn, which is so scary, yeah. right? You want something, you want to create your little baby program and have it be the most beautiful thing that no one has ever thought about. And you release it, and it has little quirks and problems, and it works really well for someone, and maybe not so great for the other person. Or That's it, all data. Yeah, or That's, it turns out someone else provides a better product, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, okay. <laughs> what am I actually really good at? Uh-huh. What did that show me about that ex- whole experience? Yes. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I feel like I love about being a health and fitness professional, and I, you, you probably also have this on your list, or at least in your brain, is watching people, having my clients become independent of me. Um, Obviously, I love working with people, and I want people to feel excited about what they're doing and learning, and I like coaching, and I like helping perfect people's technique. But watching somebody be able to take ownership of their own body and then make choices about what they're going to do without relying on me all the time. Oh, yeah. That is so rewarding. Mm -hmm. Not only is it relieving for me because I can't, you know, at some point I'm still adding people on and I can't always keep track of people who've been around forever. Um, And I want to, you know, but also it's relieving for them to feel like they have some power, some total say over what they do. Yeah, they have autonomy. Yeah. Yep. Like when I watch somebody self-modify in class, that's Mm -hmm. like, such a good moment you know that person has chosen their own modification sometimes middle middle of the workout someone will change their workout and then they'll say to me like oh i'm doing this because i'm like no need to explain <laughs> like you do you, you i think know yourself the best yes i think that's great and it's great that you didn't feel like you had to ask me mm-hmm. for help on it because you felt like you just knew you knew yeah. some options for yeah. yourself you knew what your body was capable of that to me is like phew. you know you've done a good job when you can get your athlete to move independently of you right and it can be really scary for that person who's like either looking up to you or paying you for your services to feel like you're starting to get more hands off. Right. Because then they're really having to kind of address that probably like a pain point of like, oh my God, I have to do this for myself. Yes. But if you give them enough of that support, I think that pain point is more of like, a, oh, a, a, a little a little tender soft spot. But they don't realize how much of a badass they're becoming. Right. And, and it's I time to fly. It can be hard for those folks sometimes to feel like oh my coach isn't paying attention to me anymore but that's not true Mm -hmm. I'm hyper aware of what you're capable of Mm -hmm. and I'm paying close attention to what you need which in my mind is less from me right and more from yourself Um, of course there are times when you'll need somebody again like there's always you know with therapy for example you might go to therapy really intensely for eight months a year and then you feel okay so you only go once a month and then you are back to it because something in your life changes. Same thing, obviously, in your health and wellness world. Something might change, and then suddenly you need a touch from the coach again. But right. if they're giving you independence, that's not because they're ignoring you. Like, for me, that's not what it ever is. And that's actually a really healthy boundary for a coach to be putting out there. Which we, we need more of those <laughs> in this world. <laughs> uh, yes. And that's that's a, setting that personal boundary, I think, can, and obviously that's going to factor into best things and challenging things, or what are boundaries? And maybe, I know, I, I was actually on like a boundary journey right as I was finishing all my schooling, so it kind of fit perfectly into developing my own schedule and how I wanted to interact with clients, because I'd already been like, all right, <laughs> this is what I like, this is what I don't like. But there's always going to be new new ways that you have to be thinking about what those boundaries are. They're always going to shift and change. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, speaking of boundaries, one of the best things is also one of my challenging things. Again, mm-hmm. that double-edged sword, social media. Oh, my God. Let me... I could do a whole episode on how much I hate social media and also rely on it so thoroughly. It's so, the worst. So let me talk about it from the best things perspective. You can connect with almost anyone that you could imagine. Yep. Which is like... Like people who you consider your heroes. Yeah. Like as from a personal standpoint and also from a coaching standpoint, how empowering is that? That you can you know, add in a couple hashtags and dive into these worlds that you previously could probably only dream about or would have to work really, really, really hard to get into. Um, so I find that fascinating, and I've definitely created a lot of connections online. I always think about Instagram, but it's been, you know, even way before that. Yeah. Any Google search, any blog, any forum, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. It also jumps into and back to boundaries. So when are you doing social media? Is it a structured one hour once a day during your workday? For me, no. Not even It's probably like every hour, especially in bed, especially when I wake up, especially when I go to bed. So that's, as far as um, work boundaries go, that's been something for me that I've had to really um, set a structure around, which as soon as I conceptualized it from that standpoint, it was like, oh, duh. Yeah. I don't check my emails after a certain hour. No. Or more than like four times a day. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So because um, people are like, "What? <laughs> you don't check your email more than four times a day?" But like, you forget we're up on our feet most of the time, mm-hmm. and out, you know, working with people. Or yeah, with clients. You're yeah. not going to check your email in the middle of a client session. No, that's probably for the best. Excuse me. You know, my boundaries. I feel like are with social media. I really struggle for so many reasons. Number one, it's because in the fitness world, I mean, and for food bloggers and things like that, there's a lot of of pressures to like get a recipe out and take the perfect picture and oh, make yeah. sure that your your story replicates your your feed. But <laughs> um, in the fitness world, there's so much about image. There's so much about image. Can you do something? Can you not? And people post uh, images of themselves only perfecting their reps, usually doing the exact right movement and looking a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much emphasis on body type. Mm-hmm. And that can be really challenging. Um, sometimes it happens to me off off of social media that people will say things. I mean, this is maybe another one of my challenges. <laughs> I'm gonna hold off on that. Okay. I'm gonna hold off on that one. Okay. Uh, I'll, that's my that's one of my biggest challenges. But yeah. um, on social media, I think the thing that I struggle with the most is when people feel like they can contact me late at night or early early in the morning, but at really unusual times and ask me sometimes really personal questions. And um, a lot of times business-related questions. Like, hey, what's up with this? How come this is this way? How come you didn't do this? Uh, Hey, can you do this with my membership? And I'm like, at first, I used to just respond. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, I was trying to grow a business. Right, But now That's that hustle. Now I don't respond a lot of times, or I respond with my email address is this. Or if you have a business request, please only send it through email and please only send it from like a normal time period because mm-hmm. midnight is not normal. Mm-hmm. And I know that people are up, but I don't want to be answering Facebook messages at that time or any time. Right. <laughs> at any time, at any point about my business. I want to be answering emails that I can sit and look at and I can do markers on red when I need to get back to them or I can add to my to-do list. It's tough because that, that a lot of what people are seeking out too is connecting with a person. So mm-hmm. they find a person they want to connect with and... 
they're going to do what they can to actually connect. So whether that's a DM or a PM or a message or, you know, a comment or multiple comments. Um, I think for me, what's been big is turning off all notifications. Yeah, so right. I'm Mine only going to see a DM. 7 PM. Yeah, I'm only going to see a DM if I choose to enter into that app or mm-hmm. if I have my computer pulled up. Yeah, exactly. But it can be hard sometimes because, and and you know, because there's so much social media presence within the business. Part of running a business is running good social media, is yep. knowing how to manage your Facebook and your Facebook ads and your Instagram and your Instagram ads and your tweet deck and like mm-hmm. making sure everything is in alignment and it follows your values and your branding and that it's coming out X amount of times a day and that it's, you know, filling people's news feeds. But along with that comes like comments and... It's the upkeep. Yeah. It, no, it's just sometimes it can be very personal. Like mm-hmm. you do all this work, you pour your heart into it and then people really casually will comment something critical or um, will message you about how it looks weird or there's a typo and you're sort of like, I am working so hard. <laughs> like you sit on the other end being like, I know, like I fucking know. Yeah. And also like, just be quiet about it. Right. <laughs> like, because guess what? You're me... probably not the only one who's letting me know that there's some not only that, that but like, I just, I just don't. I just don't need it all the time. <laughs> like you don't need you don't get a peanut gallery when you're at work. Normally, if you work in an office, you don't like get a bunch of you don't get everyone critiquing your work. And so it's good to keep in mind if you're like commenting on somebody's stuff, even if there's somebody who seems like untouchable, someone's blog who is normally you know, who people might consider famous in the <gasps> fitness and health world. Um, even those people are still just people and they still see your comments and like it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know? I think it makes us you know, it's yeah, online comments could be their own episode. Mm-hmm. But if you can't say anything nice at all, like don't. Well, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Yeah, that applies. Yes. And if you're hiding behind a handle or some name that isn't yours online, especially in like forums, right, and comments, um, just think twice about why. Well, you know, at, maybe ask yourself why. Why am I drawn to comment or say this thing that is probably maybe negative? Right. right? Like, what's going on there? Or why do I want to engage in this argument mm-hmm. right now? Um, this is my last thing about social media. Because, yeah. honestly, we could talk about social media and the problems with it all day long. But um, sometimes what can be really a challenge in social media, what's both a positive and a challenge, is, like, for example, I might think of something that I want to do, like I want to share with the world. And I can do that really quickly and easily through social media without having any talent or editing skills I can literally live video myself doing a lifting session and people can watch and just you know use that for whatever Mm -hmm. Um, or I can post a recipe that I really like and I can take the time to do that and show in my story how exactly I'm doing that but then on the flip side it there once you open those doors because people view social media as a almost like an unlimited resource to whatever you want because you can mostly Google whatever you want and get it immediately. They forget sometimes that you are a person who has a capacity and and nothing is ever enough. Mm-hmm. So they'll say like, oh, now that you've done that, can you also do this? <laughs> you're like, well, that's I did right. it for fun and for free and for extra time. And so no, it's not like part of my main brand. It's just something fun I did. Right. Like, you have, do you have to... Um disclaim yourself right all the time yeah all the time like I posted a recipe in my story that was like for something I don't know remember what it was but um 
and I just like did the story while I was cooking and then afterwards I got like four messages being like what's the thing in this step and can you send me the full description and can you rewrite it into a post into a blog post and I'm like no (laughs) this was like me kind of dinking around at home having fun providing this opportunity for people who wanted to check into it I can't I'm not going any further than that right and that can be a really big challenge because it does ask it forces you to ask the question like is it worth it and it can be tough especially because I feel like often people will be posting what's new and exciting to them so a new passion a new passion project that you're kind of just dipping your toes into personally, that can be one of the toughest things to then try to create more content from asks. Yeah, and honestly, I don't want to sell everything. Yeah. Like, um, there was a time when I was really, really into making my own body products, and I still use them, and I'll make them myself when I run out. Um, but, you know, like, I was making all my own, like, hand creams and, you know, shampoo, everything. And someone was like, you should sell that stuff. I'm like, absolutely not. It's another job. No yeah, it's you. another job. I just don't need it. Right now, I'm enjoying making it for myself and for friends for Christmas or whatever. And it can be just that. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's all I want from yeah. it. That's yeah. really all I want from it. But it's, it's you know, people want you to do stuff for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just like I do, mm-hmm. I want people to do stuff for me, too. Mm-hmm. Always. Let's go back to positives. Yes. Because I think that's important. Um, you want to go? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say... Um, the, the thing I really like about working in this industry is that there is a huge emphasis on teamwork. Hmm. In the fitness industry, I think, especially in the crowd that I've accumulated, uh, people are more willing than not to share the quote-unquote secrets. Mm-hmm. Like, if I need help on something, I know that there are, there are five people I could turn to and ask for help. Like, hey, have you thought about this thing? And if so... What have you noticed? And have you tried this cue? And if so, how did it go? And hey, will you look at me, do this thing and help me out with it? Or mm-hmm. what did you? what's your best practice with this? So there's lots of people who are willing to, to help and talk to you. And there's lots of people that I'm working with on a day-to-day basis that are making it easier for me to make things happen. Sure. So I come up with an idea and then I have people who can help me put it into action. Right. But I don't know that that always happens. I mean, the way that I run the business Solcana is a very like yes and based business because I'm an improviser. <laughs> Improv. Yeah. So everything we do, even if it seems really experimental, we're like, okay, let's try this and see how it works. If it doesn't work, that's okay. Mm-hmm. We learn from it and whatever. Failure doesn't mean failure. Sometimes it just means like, oh, okay, open a new door, see what that what's behind it. And um, I think I feel really blessed I guess is the word I feel really blessed to be able to work with other people yeah like you and Morgan and Jarek and everyone who works in the fitness side of things um and I can bounce ideas off of them and they'll tell me like that's sounds good or hey maybe change this part of it or mm-hmm. why would you want to do that and then I have to answer those questions right instead of just working completely alone which is what I was doing when I was a personal trainer yeah it's like Which so is, isolating. It's isolating and it's it's tiring. You can burn out. Yeah, being a personal trainer is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, that being said, I still do offer personal training sessions if you ever want to buy one. Just not, that's not the crux of my business anymore, which is very good for me. Just send Hannah an email about it. Don't don't DM her about yeah, it. Hannah you'll get her a fitness.com. Please do not send me a Facebook message or I'll just explode my computer. <laughs> I always love taking those. I'm just like, yeah, 
let, let me let's just grab that email address we'll just talk about it because honestly for me and how my brain works like i need things to be in my inbox same to be able to check them off if there is the facebook inbox and the instagram inbox and my actual inbox like, also facebook and instagram drop. you can't write you can't mark it as unread and so you can't keep like my to-do list has all my things on it mm-hmm. and my gmail reflects it really well so yeah. if i haven't responded to an email it says it's unread in my inbox totally even though I might have read it and marked it as unread, so right. I could remember it later. Right. Um, best thing for me, number four, is that you're in charge of your own learning. Yeah. Yes, and there's so much to learn. <laughs> there's so much, and because it's so it's cool. constantly changing. The science of, of health and wellness is changing every day. Yeah, this industry is like it's bonkers, and yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, t- people talk about um, health and wellness in terms of of fads. And I think it's more like in terms of trends that I think about it, but the trends change daily. Like, remember when Soul Cycle was a thing? Mm-hmm. That was a hot thing for mm-hmm. like two years. Sure and now, was. where is Soul Cycle? Yep. I don't know. Maybe it's still famous, I guess. It's still going somewhere. But, like, though, in when people dive into health and wellness, they want like the flashiest, newest, most, most exciting thing, which keeps you really on your toes because you can't fall back on old habits. There's ancient wisdom that you can use and is really helpful like stuff that's really based in science and fact but um there's also all these new things that are coming out that if you don't understand and you're not aware of them you can fall behind pretty quickly mm-hmm. which is both i guess a benefit and a, a challenge for, for me it doesn't feel like a challenge as much as it is an excitement i feel like for me it's part of how i got into this field anyway was just i had to figure stuff out so i went and figured it out and it was fun for me to read books or to find articles or just to watch youtube videos or dip onto random ass forums where people are probably crazy and having doing crazy protocols for themselves yeah. but like all right saw it learned it that's banked somewhere in my brain now right or maybe Perfect. you go and get a sort of random certification and you learn from it but you also like some things that you didn't like mm-hmm. and some things that you that you finally understood that you didn't before. Yeah, sometimes I'll look back at like my old programming stuff that I wrote in the first year of opening Solcana or stuff that I wrote in my old business, but and I'll be like, oh, that could be better. Like I if I could rewrite that now, I'd write it better. Like I'm sure people feel that way who do art in any way. Yeah. You look back and you think, we're writers. But that's it's all part of the learning yeah. curve. Yeah, watching yourself grow is you, also cool. You had to you had to write those workouts mm-hmm. in order to be writing the workouts that you're writing now. That's right. You, you got to get the reps in. That's literally the practice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the grunt work. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So my last thing for the best things, my best thing number 5 is that you create a space place time and energy that is completely new and for me is very welcoming you're almost playing a host I think that yeah is what and is- I love to host <laughs> I'm always like come over to my house <laughs> I never invite anyone over to my house but I will always talk about nutrition with people one time I came to your apartment you did mm-hmm. yes <laughs> and our dogs like fought the whole time it sucked it was great it was sad it was cute. we made um paleo doggy treats and they're on my blog still so oh cute <laughs> um i remember that that was cute so yeah so and i think you can take this to mean like like for you you've made the gym it's a it's an actual physical place people yeah. can bring their human bodies into 
But especially from like a branding standpoint or an online standpoint, think about all the different blogs that have gotten really popular, food blogs, resources that you go to. Oh man, I bought an Instant Pot, Nom Nom Paleo. I know Nom Nom Paleo has a whole like book of recipes. Like 40 recipes for Instant right. Pot. Right. There's my safe spot. There's my, you know, hosted zone. Cool. There can be as many of those as people want. And I think that can be, that goes back to, you know, number two, the sky's the limit. Yeah. But the sky's the limit in being able to offer something to people that can help them feel nurtured mm-hmm. and empowered to then go do their own thing and make their own spaces. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah, I love that as well. And it can also act as a challenge in a lot of ways because in this industry, I think there is a lot to finding your niche and understanding who you are appealing to. Right. Because when, like, and Lucia and I will talk about that often, like, it feels like you you could say, well, I we could appeal to everyone right everyone eats everyone has a body uh and that's what this podcast is for because we don't get to do that everywhere else mm-hmm. we don't get to talk about like i don't really talk about sleep that much but it's huge for example right? i'm well, not yeah and yeah. i can dive into it for the podcast but really in my work that's not my expertise area that's not the area that i'm selling like i'm selling fitness to people who don't believe that they deserve to have fitness right. that's who that's who my target market is um, those are people who I who I feel connected to and and feel like I understand and, and can provide for them. Mm-hmm. I'm not the although as as much as I love the idea of working with like an exceptional Olympic weightlifter, that's not my target market. I'm not Max Aida. I'm not known for being an exceptional Olympic weightlifting coach who's putting athletes at nationals. And you don't have to be. And I don't want to be. Yeah. So, you know, it's that can be a challenge because you don't you do have unlimited opportunities. But also you have to kind of pick the one that's going to work for you and the one that is the most authentic. You have to pick your own battles. Yeah, well, and, and you're monetizing cre- those battles. So yeah, exactly. Good luck. <laughs> and create your own world that makes that makes you feel like you're not living in, in imposter syndrome all the time. Because mm-hmm. imposter syndrome is a big down. That's a, a really big real. downside to this job is that there are people that are way way better at you. Be- better at you. <laughs> there are way people that are way way better than you at things that you want to be good at. And you just have to be okay with that. Yep. Like, there are people who are exceptionally good at teaching the deadlift. Mm-hmm. Exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. Or people who are exceptionally good at at creating marketable online programming that they sell to thousands of people. Right. That is an enviable skill, and I wish that I had it, but at the moment I don't. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. It really and does, is okay. It's yeah, actually okay. It's actually okay. And it doesn't <laughs> make okay. me it doesn't make me less <laughs> less good at my job or right. make me enjoy my job less. It's really important to keep that in mind. But it can it can be so fearsome. It can be so scary that it can immobilize people mm-hmm. so that they never do take that step of practicing writing workouts and recognizing you're gonna have some crummy workouts. But if you believe in them, like, that's kind of the most important part. Or if you learn from them, you watch people do it and you're like, oh, this isn't great. Right. You know? Right. Because they're all, that's how you're going to get to that point that you want to be at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I feel like we've talked about a lot of our challenges already, (laughs) but I'll just tell you my number one challenge. And this is something I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast before. My number one challenge is managing my own and other people's expectations about what my body should look like. (gasps) Preach. And I'm sure you feel this way as a person who does nutrition. Oh it's God. like because I work in this industry, because I work in the fitness industry, I think the expectation is that I have a six pack. Mm-hmm. I have no stretch marks and no cellulite. You can see every muscle defined in my body. And I'm an exceptionally good athlete. Yeah. 
But that's not the case. <laughs> I don't have a six pack. I have cellulite. I have stretch marks. Uh, sometimes I feel really bloated. <laughs> sometimes I really fail in the gym. Like today, I didn't have that great of a day because I haven't been feeling that great. Uh, and uh, you know what? I'm just a regular ass person. <laughs> I look like a regular person. Yeah. Yeah. I might be stronger looking than a regular person, but I'm not like walking around. I don't look like a bodybuilder. You're not ripping your shirt off yourself every day, just in, in the grocery store. Look at my muscles. I'm massive. I'm so huge. And that's where that big time Instagram thing comes into yeah. play. Because you can do a lot to make yourself look a certain way on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I like, so far have not fallen into that rabbit hole, but it would be very easy to do. I mean, it's really easy to pose in the mirror and make it look like I have a six pack. Yep. And then, like, put a filter on it and make it look like I'm stronger than I am or more defined or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and throw it up on Instagram. But I just, it's a scary temptation. Mm-hmm. It is, for sure. Um, 100% back all of that sentiment. Yeah. Especially, you know, even being... At Solcon, or yeah, I was gonna say Solcana guest at Solcana, even running a nutrition program, I feel, and it's pressure I've put on myself to be really athletic, right, right, and be like, oh, this definition of being an athlete is what I have to go do. No, that's probably a personal expectation and expectation of just the environment that you're in to be something that you might not be right now. It doesn't mean you won't be it later or you weren't it before. Mm -hmm. And that, like, gray area, that's tricky. Yeah. I think that's where it's cool being a coach because you can coach people through that gray area. Yes. Because you're like, oh, I get it. Hey, I totally, totally understand (laughs) people having expectations on your body. But it is, it's a unique thing. Like, this, this, the moment I transitioned into being a gym owner, mm-hmm. that's when I really started to notice the up and down elevator look. Every time someone asks me my job yeah. and I say I'm a gym owner, I get the full body scan. Always. And it's like sickening. It makes me feel so ill. And I know what they're thinking. And I know what they're thinking, which is like, really? Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're thinking like, oh, wow, she is stronger than I thought. Mm-hmm. But I don't. It's too. I don't give a fuck what you're thinking. Why are you doing that to me? Like someone just say yourself. to me, "Yeah, I'm a marketing exec," and then I give them a full elevator look with my eyes. Like, prove it. Right. You don't have the body of a marketing exec. Right. It's like you know what? I get to own a gym. Yeah. Like I get to be a coach, and I don't have to look the way you want me to look. Totally. Um, but that can be really challenging. It's like super challenging. I was hanging out with a friend recently and her family, and. Her aunt was talking about how her own her daughter is uh, like a beach body professional, Rep. which is yep, yeah, you know it's its own thing. Yeah. they are that's a pyramid scheme of its own. Um, and she said, yeah, she's shredded. Like you can see every muscle in her body. Like you can see everything. Like how your arms are strong, hers are like strong and really lean. And I was <laughs> strong just like, and, huh? what the. F- what are you talking about? Like, why do you feel the need to tell me how shredded your daughter is mm-hmm. right now? Is it because you're making a comparison? I think the answer is yes. And the, yeah, and the tough part, too, is being in this coaching role, that's where your mind, my mind, is going to go to. It's like, oh, let me figure out, let me validate what they're saying. Right. So I can, let me conceptualize it, understand it, what's the psychology behind it. And that, in and of itself, can burn you out. Yeah. Where you're trying to... It's exhausting trying to fix that stuff for people. Either fix it or just in your own brain be like, oh, let me, like, I can understand why this comment isn't actually that hurtful because, like, they're going through their own shit, Mm -hmm. right? But let me... You're expending mental energy to get to that point instead of being like, 
go do my own thing. Yeah, exactly. So that comparison can be painful Mm -hmm. because then, of course, I'm filled, I get full of self-doubt. Like there's nights where I'm like, really, I shouldn't be doing this. I don't look the right way for this. Or can people even tell Mm -hmm. that I like am working out all these Mm -hmm. hours every day? But then on the flip side, this is even kind of a, I don't even know how to explain how this feels, but people will say things like, oh, I just want to be able to lift as much as you or look like you do. And that can be really hard, too, because mm-hmm. that puts me on a pedestal I don't want to be on. You're still on, like, any pedestal. It's going to be a pedestal. Yeah. It's uncomfortable because, I've number one, I've worked really hard to be able to lift as much weight as I can. Mm-hmm. And to me, it feels like, you know, don't do that to me or you. Right. Because I've been doing this for, like, almost eight years. Mm-hmm. And you're just not going to get there today. Yeah. And if you did, like... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that wouldn't make me feel that great. I don't know. Um, But also, like, it doesn't do either of us a favor for you to compare yourself to me in a way that deprecates you. Comparison, I don't think, is really ever going to build up any party. No. It makes everyone feel like garbage. Yeah. Uh, praising somebody and saying like it's so cool that you can do that or it's so fun to watch you be successful at that or like it's awesome that you can lift that much weight. Weight you lift. Right. Totally. But saying like, or when someone will say, oh. Hannah's warming up with my one rep max. I understand wanting to say that. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't. It actually doesn't make me feel good. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel uh, uncomfortable. Like I'm not sure how to be successful that day in front of that person. Well, and it's not inclusive either, mm-hmm. right? So, like, being someone who's not the leader in whatever situation you're in, I think people feel like they have more ability to say that because they're like, I'm under lean. I got to validate whatever I'm feeling right now without recognizing that the leader has to be a part of that group too. Right. Exactly. And also needs like time to be vulnerable. Uh And when I'm, when I'm like lifting weights, I feel pretty vulnerable. Yeah. You know, and when people make comments that are comparison, if, if they're just cheering me on and like, Saying it's awesome, that's great. That's what I want. That's yeah. what I need. Yeah. I never hear it, you know? Right. I'm usually alone or right. with other people working out, and I never get coached anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so hearing positive feedback is great. Hearing comparison feedback is hard. It's almost like a criticism. And I would actually say that makes me think of something that I hadn't written down, and the best thing or the challenging thing, but one thing to consider is don't try to be your own coach, whether it's a nutrition coach oh, yeah. or a fitness coach. Yeah, you can do some of your own little programs, but if you have a, like a real issue or problem or something that you're trying to figure out and it stops being like that fun research that you do on the sidelines for your own kicks and it's for your health, go find someone who can be your coach. Absolutely. Because that's going to burn you out to try to treat yourself. Yes, that is my my second thing after, ah. after people um, judging my body is the second thing that's challenging about working in this industry is not having your own coach. Not having your own guide because you are the guide. But you, you, I think you can find your own guide. Yeah, it just, you just might have not to work that, pretty hard for it. Yeah, and it might not be, it might have to be multiple guides. Yeah. Right? It's just, for me, it's challenging because it's like finding the time and the financial resources to pay, pay for my own coach. Mm-hmm. And even finding the time to have my own team, like my bodywork person and my chiropractor and we're all small business owners and so none of us can see each other right. like they can't come to the gym to get coached I can't come to them to get bodywork you know even you and I have a hard time meeting up to talk about like food or talk about gym stuff because we're both trying to manage 
helping everybody else that it's actually hard to do self-care practice right it's really hard yeah that where it it goes back into that wonderful part of you create your own routine your own pace but like small business pace is really quick yeah really quick um this might meld over into my next challenging thing is that when you change people might have expectations for you not to change or it might make them uncomfortable Mm. and of course boy oh boy isn't that the truth right and what you're doing as a coach is that you're encouraging change in other people and all of a sudden it turns around where it feels like it's inappropriate for you to change or for you to learn and grow in a way that they might not be anticipating or might not want to anticipate Mm mm-hmm so there's that (laughs) I've had any personal experience with that (laughs) what no (laughs) Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes making the best choice for myself means that people are judgmental of that choice in me. Yep. Because maybe it brings out in them a feeling of like, should I be making that choice? Totally. Or how come she told me something different? Because it is so personal and because everybody does need different guidance. (laughs) Spoiler. Spoiler. We are all different. And And also part of our job as health and fitness professionals is to try different things and see if they work. Mm -hmm. Like, first of all, we're experimenting all the time. Like, I know I'm always trying new things in the gym to see, is this something I'd want people to actually do? Mm -hmm. Is this, or like, you know, what does it feel like for me to only do three metabolic conditioning workouts a week instead of five? And if that changes something for me, is that a change I want to prescribe to people or not? Yep. Like, those are things I got to figure out before I can tell you. Yep. So I feel like, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting and it's always different in every context because you're a change. No one can predict that. Right. And it can be a little, it can be, I'm not even talking about one particular thing right now. It can be the smallest of changes or like the biggest of changes. Yeah. And there's always going to be some dissenter who's like, no, I'm, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't like your change. I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't go do something that is more you. Yeah. So on my list, I have uh, I have um, boundaries, which we already talked about, yep. social media boundaries. Um, we have not having a coach for myself. I have the hustle, the downside of the <laughs> hustle. Um, feeling like I don't always stack up or having imposter syndrome. And then I also have... Uh, not always having time to work out. <laughs> <laughs> totally. As somebody who is running a fitness industry, it feels like people are like, oh, you missed so much time at the gym. And it's like, well, no, actually, I don't. I have to really squeeze it in. Or lately, I've been working out at 7 in the morning because that seems to be like, if I get up and get it done, yeah. then I have the rest of my day to work on everything else I need to work on. Yep. So, no, it's not as easy as just like living <laughs> in the gym. I wish it were. And honestly, is living in the gym, is that... Like, would I work out four hours a day if I, if I could? Yeah. Nah, I don't think so. No. Is that what I, you I want for dreams. someone? Like, unless that's really their calling. I think that goes back to boundaries and balance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else on your challenges list? Um, Not really a challenge, but it just makes me think about... I feel like any of this is similar to, like, a creative field where you're trying to monetize something that you love and you're passionate about. So yeah. that... I'm going to say it one more time, is a double-edged sword. Yes. And it, it, I think you can stay on one edge of the sword, and maybe you kind of accidentally step over onto the other side here and there, and those are your learning experiences. Yeah. And I think it can, it can it's always going to be changing and growing, and that's, it, this is the creative field. Yeah, right? it is, it's, absolutely. It's totally creative. 
And I don't think conceptually a lot of people think of it right. in that way. What I'll say about that is that if you're thinking about wanting to run your own small business that comes from creative energy, spend some time really thinking about where your values lie. And if this is something that you genuinely think that you need to spend the time monetizing, because for example, maybe you've become really excited about doing some food challenge that you did, or uh, you really felt drawn to it and you were successful at it and your friends thought it was cool that you were doing it. That doesn't mean that you have to become like a Whole30 coach. Nope. (laughs) And just like if you love coming to the gym and you love working out, just know that once you step to the other side, things will change. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to value that as much for yourself anymore. Like I see a lot of people start coaching and stop working out. Mm -hmm. Start start coaching, stop attending classes. Start coaching, start start feeling overly exhausted and maybe even bored because there is this whole other aspect that you don't anticipate. And if you don't love it, If you're not ready for that work, then maybe just consider having it be a passion in your life and find something else to do that's awesome. And don't beat yourself up if you try it and it doesn't work out. Right. I'm reading this great book, or I just finished it called, oh gosh, I think it's just called Designing Your Life. And it's from two like Stanford professors who wrote this whole course for people to take who are like, I'm just going to college, I'm going to try a a major, and then I like biology, right? I'm like, I like animals. Right. I'll go be a biologist. And then you beat yourself up. Because it's not actually what you wanted to do because you have no idea what you want to do because you've never been shown maybe how to think about it. Or never even asked yourself. Yeah. And they always come back to the idea that you can think about what a designer would do, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have multiple iterations. You can try something out. That's okay. It's really scary. You can try it out. If it doesn't work, what have we just been talking about? You'll learn from it. You'll make some maneuver and you'll go on your merry way doing something different. Absolutely. Right? You want to be smart about all that, of course, right? You don't want to just try a million things and have them explode in your face and have no money left to go do anything else. you got to be smart about it. But it's also okay to try things out. Mm-hmm. 100%. Well, thanks, Erica, for asking that question because yeah. holy mackerel, did it open up a bottle for both of us. Ah, it was nice to talk about some I of that know. stuff. I know. And I feel like there's so much more I could say. And if you're interested in knowing things like what does it actually mean to run a business, uh, health and fitness mm. business on a day-to-day? Like, what does it look like to manage your money for that? Right. Or we could we could answer those questions more in depth if that's something you're interested in. Um, so let us know. And you can let us know uh, at our 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 Instagram page if you want. You can DM us. We won't respond after 7 p.m. We might not respond right away. After 5 p.m. After 5 p.m. <laughs> uh, and that's at You Have a Body Podcast. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the same handle. You can find us on Facebook at the same handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I think any of this is really great fodder for a weekly challenge. So I'm going to invite people to make up their own weekly challenge this week. Heck yeah. Do it yourself. DIY challenge. Go. (laughs) Tell us what it is. Yeah. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. And until next week, uh, you can just ponder your life, ponder your challenge, and actively do it. And then... You can take a picture of yourself doing it and tag us on Instagram. Because like we said, we do love Instagram. As much as we also hate it, we love it. We're we're on it. Yeah, we are on it often. (laughs) We are really on it probably too much. We're on it. Um, You can find us there. You can find us individually on Instagram. I'm at Funny Lady Pants. And I'm at Essential Omnivore. And you can peep us there and send us messages if you want. uh, And talk to us about all the things related to your body and your health. Because you have one. You have a body. Podcast. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks as always to Taj, who is the who is uh, 
The you know the target symbol how there's like a the uh, dot in the middle the no. bullseye no. that's Tosh that that's where Tosh. she lives yeah uh, everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you next time on You Have a Body podcast yeah the You Have a Body podcast is produced by me Taj Ruler subscribe on iTunes Stitcher or visit noisepicnic.com for full episode information join in on the conversation at facebook.com/slash You Have a Body podcast tweet at us at You Have a Body or find us on Instagram at You Have a Body podcast. Let us know what's going on with you, because guess what? You have a body.